Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we are diving into Juniper's Session Smart SD WAN with Kevin Klett, VP of Product Management. Now, Session Smart is a dramatically different approach to SD WAN when you consider how IPsec or TLS or other tunneling protocols. And the advantage of Session Smart is it can handle a wider range of design choices while incurring less state in network devices, less overhead, and greater performance. And there's various different features that we're going to talk about here today. And from a customer point of view, this means flexible designs, more for less, you can scale it up or use less resources, or you get to be more flexible around the business changes. It's been around for quite a long time. The, the technology behind Session Smart has actually been in the market for about 10 years. It was recently acquired by Juniper as it's part of its 128T acquisition. So I'll start the discussion with an overview on Juniper Smart, Session Smart, and then we'll look deeper into what this means in the real world. Kevin? Uh, for those who don't know, what is Juniper Session Smart? Let's kick that off with some just some basic stuff because that's the key differentiator, right? Oh, absolutely. And I, I think from a from a, a, a network routing and SD WAN perspective, Session Smart, you know, fundamentally changed in the way in which we think about and build routers for SD WAN. You know, for the last say you know twenty plus years, we've been really relying upon traditional you know, stateless routing with IPsec tunnels and overlays that really kind of restricted our innovation into a world of VPNs. Hmm. And as we go into cloud, we go into mobility, we look at, you know, sort of the ever-changing, you know, um, landscape of applications and services that we consume, nothing of it screams static overlay. It screams dynamic, it screams like we need to optimize across networks. Hmm. And more and more as we go from, you know, the early days of SD-WAN, which was really about, you know, taking traffic off your MPLS <laughs> and reducing costs, which is really exciting. But really what, what folks really are getting out of this is a fundamentally new way of looking at routing that delivers that kind of cloud-based flexibility. At the same time, scalable security in a way that tunneling never got you to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. And the third thing is that, 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 combination of the session smart, which is the elimination of tunnels. It's a session stateful routing end to end mm. with visibility into applications end to end combined with the artificial intelligence or that AI driven cloud delivered mist based capabilities, giving you that client to cloud experience, you know, with session smart. Yeah. So session smart actually delivers upon that user experience, not only for the yeah. But like you and me, you're getting better quality of service, but you know, for the for the deliverer of the service or the operators who are getting much simpler. Yeah, um, the session smart networks. idea is actually really. I think it's important to just expand on this for a little bit, if I may, because yeah. it's this idea that if I know exactly where the source is and I know exactly where the <clears> destination <throat> is, I don't need to create a tunnel in the traditional way. I don't need these untrusted assumptions that uh, that IPsec and TLS do. They they assume that you are untrusted and they do a crypto session establishment. Well, you don't need to do an asymmetric handshake if you absolutely have a certainty that the source and the destination are unique. Now, that's the fundamental idea behind the session smart, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's about identifying that session, not only in terms of its source and destination, but like what are the services and what's the minimum mm -hmm. SLA associated with that service end to end? And then without that, you know, encumbrance of those, you know, clunky tunnels, you yeah. now have that stateful management of that session based on knowledge of the source and destination, you know, the application that's that's being delivered and what your what your SLA expectations are. So you can make on the fly session by session decisions based mm -hmm. on how you route, whether you route, you yeah. know, sort of breakout routing and so forth. And I sometimes think of a session, the session smart as like flow tracking. That's not exactly true because it's a bit 
more gra- it's a bit less granular than that, but it's like I know these flows are going to come from here to here. Therefore, there's things that I can do with an SDN, you know, with a centralized controller, which means I can avoid the overheads of IPsec and TLS, and I can also avoid the tr- the limitations of point-to-point tunneling technologies and get much more. I can start to approach a mesh or partial mesh with a lot less state and a lot less overhead. Is that fair? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Instead of having these, you know, elephant flows of, of tunnels that are based on static policies, mm. you can actually make those decisions dynamically based on policy that's delivered from the cloud mm. and distributed instantaneously over every part of the network. So that session smarts, not only the way in which we handle the sessions, but it's the fact that we've got a global policy database that knows about the applications and services, where they reside, you know, what yeah. are the multiple options you've got. You know, look at AWS, for example. It's not just one thing. It's many AWS zones. You know, yeah. So the network has to be much more intelligent, but with, with the tunnel-based technology, you're encumbered or you're just restricted by that sort of static routing, which is yeah. really not you know, sure. And static and that fundamental staticness or that lack of flexibility is inherent to tunnel technologies. Sure session is. smart moves away. But the interesting the other part about session smart, and I want to just go on with this a little bit, is that it's naturally software focused. It can't work unless you have a controller. Whereas IPSEC was sort of like, oh, let's strap a controller on the top and call it SD1. <laughs> you know, let's take BGP <laughs> and add some extended families to it. And we, we've got an SD1. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like that, wasn't it? But, they, but you really, yeah. the 128T people really rethought this as a different sort of a thing. Well, yeah. I mean, in the old world, you had everything was static. You, you would set yeah. it and leave it. You had IPSEC tunnels. And let's not even like get going about um, um, ACLs and the challenges yeah. ACLs yeah. and ACL blow. Those are very static and old world technologies. But you're right. You know, it needs to be software defined. You need that centralized orchestration to be able to manage that user experience and the expectations. And then at the at the execution level, as actually making sure your network's delivering on the service, you know, experiences that you've set from you know, a user perspective. And so, yes, you're right. It is inherently a software-based network. And also mm. the benefit of that is, is it takes the network anywhere software can go into the mm. cloud, into data centers, you know, into sort of unique, you know, areas, IoT, for example. Into VMs, um, into containers. Into right? VMs, you can actually, this, that's really unusual, but this is another unusual feature that when I looked it up is you can actually do this in a VM or in a, in a container. If you want to make this, it, that's just fine. Off yeah, you go. Absolutely. I don't yeah, need to absolutely. do so. I don't have to need to spin up an operating system and then a virtual appliance and then a, you know, and then create an IPsec tunnel. It's just like, oh no, just add the, you know, it's fine. Just add the app. Yep. Yep. And that means that you can extend that fabric, you know, that secure, dynamic, you know, the service-based fabric all the way into the cloud whenever you need to mm-hmm. be. So you don't need a cloud routing or a cloud networking, perhaps for not maybe you still do, but for for many use cases, this would be enough for cloud networking for many companies. Oh, very much so. Very okay. much so. So let's talk about how, obviously, I talked about the software capability and how it's sort of inherently API, you know, usual buzzword driven. Does that lean into the Juniper Mist story? Because one of the key there is that Juniper likes to talk about Mist and AI ops everywhere. I'm guessing you want to tell people that Mist is, as, you know, it seems well, like every time we talk to Juniper, <laughs> Mist is a part of it. But it makes uh, sense well, still, right? So, you know, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 um, Manage this product as part of the 128 technology acquisition, for which Juniper, you know, used to bring in this technology. And I have to tell you, is it's it's a marriage made in heaven between this type of network control and this experience-first networking with the Mist AI. 
um, in the Mist cloud and the Marvis, you know, virtual network assistant, you know, in our opinion, is a game changer mm. because it's one thing to deliver on the network to fulfill that user experience from the network, but how do you manage it? How do you monitor it? Mm. How do you like do anomaly detection? How do you ensure that that user experience is expressed in ways that your your operators can really understand? And then how do you combine that? This is the big the, the magic, which is it's not just about the routing; it's also about the wireless and the wired infrastructure. And so, how do you bring all of those elements of that user experience together under one cloud, yeah. and then make it? You know, I'm from Boston, so I'll say make it wicked smart. And you know what that means is that you know that the the <laughs> mist you know and the AI engine is constantly looking at you know anomalies in the network. And the result is is that our customers are experiencing you know 80 90% reduction in trouble tickets they're yeah. they're reducing their mean time to repair dramatically and that just translates to bottom line costs. Now that applies to the session smart technology because there's not a lot of mistakes it seems to me like there's not not a lot of mistakes you can make with configuring it or is that just my na- naivete if you like. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that the the part of the benefit of having this sort of missed AI engine is just to simplify matters quite mm. a bit. So, like, you don't have the fat finger, like, you know, typing keys on a keyboard through a, a telnet session on a router. Mm. I mean, this is a well-orchestrated policy-driven network. And when things do go awry, for whatever reason, because sometimes they do, mm. how do you quickly identify what those problems are in advance of your customers experiencing the impact? Is is this integrated into the Marvis conversational interface? Because we've talked to other products and they've got the conversational interface. So you could actually have like your help desk doing tier zero saying, asking the AI conversationally, you know, is my branch network up? And if it comes back and says, yes, it's not your, <laughs> do you know, is that sort of thing that we're talking about? Yeah, with the, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The conversational interface really brings it down to you know, that level of simplicity. What's going on with my Boston location, right? Mm. And so instantly you can get so telemetry in terms of anything that could potentially be impacting your user's experience. And I have to say that the AI uh, and MIST, you know, it, it, it's very different than anything I had experienced previously in terms of when people think about network management, they think about SNMP, they think about telemetry, they think of reporting. That's all well and good. But this is really a step way beyond that because mm. it's really, you know, like giving the operator, you know, you know simple, um, in Marvis, the, the virtual network, network assistant provides what we call Marvis actions. And the mm. Marvis actions are you know, things that your operator could do or change or modify that could potentially be impacting user experience. And can so tell I'm you thinking exactly- like an SD-WAN site that's got like an MPLS and an internet connection, and you could say, uh, tell it to just switch over to the internet connection because the MPLS is a problem, for example. Oh, that's a configuration example, but I think yep. the first step is to understand, hey, not so much is it, is it your MPLS link is having a problem, is that how right. many users at that location are suffering from bad quality okay. or, or they can't connect so to the So even network, more or, user, much more help desk centric than I would have thought then. Very much about the user experience. When we talk about that yeah. client to cloud user experience, and we, we mean it. It's not just about delivering it, but when things occur, I mean, it could be a... A bad cable, believe it or not, is like one of the most like needle in the haystack problems in networks. And, mm-hmm. and you know, frankly, you know, we crack the code and how to identify that. So we mm-hmm. dramatically reducing the time to understand what these problems are, and then you know, be able to provide visibility into that, that the user SLA, mm-hmm. right? not just from the WAN perspective, but all the way from the time they connect to the network over their Wi-Fi with the uh, missed APs through switching all the way through you know the cloud application services that they're consuming. 
So there's a lot of sort of misconceptions about AI and SD-WAN. I think Juniper might be the first here, putting the mist into the SD-WAN. I know lots of other vendors are racing or talking about AI ops in the WAN, SD-WAN, but you're really there first, I think. Yes, yes, I believe so. And this is really, you know, part of the reason why Juniper acquired the technology, the session mm. smart technology, because to your point earlier, you know, you really do need to have a software centric view of the world and, yeah. and, a, and a network that can really d- dynamically and quickly apply policies. And thirdly, get that telemetry, that rich telemetry that you need, the AI yeah. just needs to consume data. And without that session based orientation, you don't get it. You don't get the telemetry. You have to add it on later. You have to add on some sort of flow collector or inspection engine and then forward the data off. But that was always part of the 128T session smart capabilities to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that makes more sense. Okay. So you mentioned full stack earlier. I think we sort of hinted at it. Why, what do we mean by full stack? Well, full stack. So um, as you know, uh, Juniper Networks offers a full you know, wired wireless and WAN solution for enterprises and service providers and MSPs. And that means like the missed access points, the missed EX family or the Juniper EX family of, of switches, you know, and now the 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 session smart SD-WAN. All three elements of these are under the missed umbrella, mm-hmm. which means that when you're deploying, whether you deploy one or all elements of that network infrastructure, um, your visibility now is down to the individual the point in time they connect to the network. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be location-based service related issues within the enterprise. There could be switching challenges. I mean, things that would, you know, often for operators, you know, takes days or weeks to resolve issues. You know, we now get that not only the management, that day zero and day one capability set across the wired wireless and WAM, but then, you know, as we said earlier, that day two sort of visibility and, you know, operations. So what you're sort of saying there is that now you've got AI ops in the SD-WAN and of course it started in the wireless and then it went to the campus. So you're really sort of saying, you're yep. covering more and more of the networking. And, you know, I believe AIOps is coming to the Appstra technology in the data center. But I also wanted to sort of highlight something I don't think Juniper makes enough of is that this also works on white box. There's various mm-hmm. white box solutions that you can get. So if you don't want to use the the hardware that Juniper's suggesting to you, you can go and choose from various approved white boxes and it can operate that way as well, which is a flexibility you don't often see, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both a both a great flexibility, uh, a challenge to manage. But you know, we've been very successful at managing and building and managing an ecosystem of partnerships. And so, right. you know, whether it be say for a managed service provider who wants to brand their own hardware to, you know, bespoke uh, requirements. You know, we've seen some things uh, internationally within you know ruggedized environments and, and very specific applications. So we can very quickly bring solutions to market with our partners, third party that, you know, wouldn't normally be sitting on the shelf at, you know, Juniper or anybody for that matter. Mm, Yeah. And as the supply chain problems we've had, which seem to be easing, (laughs) but as it highlighted, maybe that's not a bad idea if you want to have, you know, if you're really moving at speed. I guess one question is in the back of my mind is what's next? There's a few pieces missing. We talked a lot about SD-WAN, about how it's good for connectivity, but we've seen the industry moving much more towards security. And you haven't mentioned that. Is that, I guess that's coming, is it? Oh, no, it's here. It's here. Right. So, you know, we, we've got a very, you know, sort of uh, dynamic approach to security, both on-premise within the session smart networking. And so we've just, for example, integrated the best of Juniper, you know, uh, security technology with the session smart routing to offer, you know, uh, on-premise, mm. you know, advanced level, like L5 security capabilities, like, you know, you're all um, uh, filtering or IDP uh, and others. That combined with the integration, not only with, 
you know, SSE or SASE cloud-based security, both Juniper's SSE and third parties like Zscaler round out that solution so that from a SASE perspective, and that seems to be a buzzword right these days. Yeah. Um, you know, well, once, you, once you've done the connectivity, you're kind of like, uh, this isn't enough, right? And, right. And the, and the weird part about it is that actually adding security to SD-WAN isn't all that complex. And so everybody sort of rushed into it and it's become... It's become the norm, I think, that SASE is now, sure. I want my SD-WAN with security. I don't want to have them separated. Yeah. Yes, mm. absolutely. And so, and, and but the thing is, there's there's no one size fits all rule, you know, between, mm. say, skinny branch and fat branch or like full, full security stacks um, premise versus in the cloud. And so at Juniper, with the SSR, we've invested in both. So whether, whether you're, you know, uh, thick branch, enter, enterprise, secure, heavy, um, or cloud-based, we've got a solution for both. Well, that's about all that we have time for today. Thanks very much for Kevin to coming on the show to talk to us and thanks to Juniper for Thank sponsoring you. today's show. Without them, we wouldn't be here and able to bring this to you. If you want more information, head on over to juniper.net and do a search for Juniper SD-WAN driven by Mist AI, which is where you can find out more. Or just do a general search for Juniper's Smart Session. If you want to understand the differences, like how different 128T is, say, to other SD-WAN approaches, have a look at Session Smart and get your get your brain tingling about and, and think about how that is a much better way to integrate with software or potentially there's an edge. Well, as always, you can find many more fine free technical podcasts along with our website at packetpushes.net. The show notes will be there for this podcast. Just go and search up the, the, the number and you'll see the notes and the links away. You can also follow us on Twitter as at Packet Pushes. Find us on LinkedIn and like us on your favorite social media. And last but never ever least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.